to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. I'm Jeanette Bonner, your host. Really excited to hit you with our one-on-one episode for September. I have my good friend, Jean, who I've been trying to get on this podcast for 100 years. (laughs) Jean, thank you so much for being here with me. Yes, I'm really nervous to be here, but excited to share. I'm not going to put you in the hot seat for too long, I promise. (laughs) No, I'm kidding you. Um, You guys, and we just, uh, this is a really special episode um, because Jean has invited her friend Govin, and Govin is actually teleporting in from another country. Um, He's actually uh, calling in from Malaysia, which is like a full 12 hours ahead of us. So um, here we are. It's Friday night. We're doing a 10 p.m. recording. And Govin, it's like he's having coffee. It's 10 a.m. there. So Govin, thank you so much for being here with us. I think he's saying thank you as he's eating his cereal. Govin, turn your mic. There you go. Yes. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Yeah. uh, You know, amazing to to, to, to virtually to virtually be in New York, um, you know, that's, 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 uh, yeah, very excited to be here and I'm very excited to uh, be part of this conversation and, you know, very excited to listen. Thank you. I, I feel like we just had like a solid quarantine moment, like turn your mic is muted <laughs> is like going to be a punchline for the rest of the decade. You know what I mean? Right. Turn your mic is on. Your mic is off. Um, yeah. So, um, but it's really cool. I'm really excited to get your perspective of dating in another country. I have no idea what dating in Malaysia is like. So um, that's going to be really cool. We'll check in with you later. So uh, enjoy your, <laughs> enjoy your cereal. <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> I love. I love that. Like it's like Jean and I are like it's like Friday night. We have no social lives. We're drinking. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Virtual cheers to you, girl. Um, so, so if you guys, we're just apologies in advance. We're just. <laughs> I feel like I feel. You know what I do feel like this is like really. Um, and this is sort of sad, but if I close my eyes, I can pretend <laughs> that you and I are like at a real bar and like actually just like <laughs> like hanging out on a Friday night like enjoying each other's company and bitching a little bit that's nice at a a 90s bar right because that's my thing right now i want to go to a bar that plays 90s grunge oh yeah i'm in yeah yeah i mean it can be whatever we want because it's not real you know so (laughs) what do you mean it's like a zoom background like we could have (laughs) or like let's pretend we're at a 90s grunge bar right now so killer um so you know how this starts where I sort of like get the lay of the land. I want to know um, where you're at in your single life and your single journey, and um, and with dating and all that. Hit me wow. up. Yeah, yeah. I just got really anxious when you said that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Does, does it make you anxious to like talk about dating in general? You know, it doesn't. I it, it doesn't. Um, it just. I don't know. It's so weird. I I, I think. Um, it just, I just suddenly was just so aware of how single I am. 
<laughs> well, I mean, Jesus, me you're in good company. Like, I have a freaking <laughs> podcast about being single. So, <laughs> like, you are welcome yeah. here. You're a This is not the marriage podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so single, I made a podcast about it. Like, like you, cannot, you cannot beat that. So, <laughs> all right. So, here's my journey. Uh, um, well, so what's interesting is today is uh, my 10th year anniversary in New York. Of, move, of moving to of New York moving, City. Yeah, moving to New York City. I feel like there's some, like, beautiful <laughs> metaphor in there. <laughs> yeah, I think. I that think. And you know what's amazing. really cool, too? I, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, and I, I didn't realize it till, I don't know, I think it was yesterday or something. Oh, yeah, yesterday. Because I booked a surfing lesson this uh, today as well in the afternoon. And, and, it, and it's very significant for me, too, because... Um, just a metaphor of surfing, right? Just letting go. Um, you can't think about it. You just got to soak on the, the wave, you know? Yeah. Um, which is kind of um, not my journey here in New York. You know, I overthought everything. <laughs> and, um, but what was funny was that um, I uh, was in, when I was in Singapore, I was uh, dating someone and uh, we were going to get married he was going to do film, I was going to do acting, and we were going to, you know, move together to New York. And then uh, clearly that happened because I'm on this podcast. Um, but we, I moved uh, alone. Um, and I, I was like, oh, New York, I mean, that's the place I'm going to find love, you know? And <laughs> little did you know, I want to be like, cut to. <laughs> I'm going to find my Mr. Big. Um, I found a lot of big assholes, uh, but not, uh, oh, I'm so sorry to all the people that I dated. Oh, here. girl, they are not listening to this podcast. Don't you? <laughs> you can slam the hell out of them if you want to. Um, yeah. No, I apologize uh, to those who will not be named. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I feel bad. Anyway, uh, so so yeah, and uh, but and it was so funny. Like every year, I was like, yeah, I think this is the year. You know, I, I'm getting older, and I feel like <laughs> it's so weird. Like you feel like you know, you kind of have this thing in your mind where you're like, okay, bye. You know, well, when I turned thirty, I was like, ah. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, this is the year, I think, you know, and then 35, and I'm like, hmm, okay, uh, we're like five years after 30, where I thought I would find someone, and it didn't happen, and it's just like, every year, I'm like, oh, I'm so sure I'm gonna find someone by 40, or whatever, and I, now I've given up on, you know, having that timeline. Yes, well, it's a funny thing, uh, yeah. isn't it? And this has come up multiple times on the podcast. It's like, first of all, it's not our fault whatsoever. Like, know that we were socialized to believe that women will be, and I hate this phrase, but this is a real thing, like, be found by a certain age. And it's like, it it, it sets up the expectation that your life sort of matures in marriage and having children and that is just the story we've been told from a very young age so it wars with your inner truth and your subconscious when you reach these milestones in age and you're like oh it didn't happen yet shit there's something wrong with me. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. all go through that. Like, I hit that at 35. I hit that at 38. I mean, I turned 40 this year, too. And you you have to readjust the story for yourself. Because who the hell told us that... Who the hell told us that we were going to get married by a certain age? Who the hell told us we were going to get married anyway? 
Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the more I question uh, yeah. it, the more I think, like, wait a minute, do I even, like, want to be married? You know what? I never really mm, thought mm. that. It's just sort of, like, an assumption, like, of course you want to get married. That's what society told me I wanted. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. if I, what if I, what if I don't? What if I don't even yeah. know yet? It's impossible right, for, me, right, for right. me to answer because I don't have that person in my life. But anyway, all this is just to say that, like, that narrative that runs through your brain, we're all experiencing it, and it has been put there by, wait for it, the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) You knew it was going to come up. Um, uh, And it is, it's a real thing that we're all grappling with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I want to go back a little bit. So you were born and raised in Singapore, yeah? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how old were you when you met the guy that you were going to move to New York with? Uh, I was... Wait, when I when I met him, I was 26. But I think when we were going to move... Oh, wait, 24? Oh, God. Okay, around that area. And But I think when we were going to move, I think I was 26, yeah. So you dated for, so dated. like, two years together? Yeah, two years, yeah. It was on and off. It was very tumultuous. So, I mean, I think it's not a, no, no surprise that, you know, it didn't happen. So you both had this dream of moving to New York City together, and then he ultimately no. decided to stay in Singapore? No, no, actually, no, no, no. It was, uh, it was kind of like weird because not weird. I, cause I always knew I wanted to pursue, um, well, like uh, something in the arts and, uh, he only caught on to like pursuing film much later. And I was like, well, if you want to do film and I want to do acting and I want to, and we both wanted, we always wanted to, you know, come to the U S cause I mean, you know, what better place to, to go for arts, you know, than England or, you know, the U S or something. And, and I, you know, really wanted to come here, uh, thanks to fucking Hollywood. But, um, I was like, I, why don't we just move to New York, you know? And, and he was totally excited about it. Um, but, uh, during that time, my dad got sick. And, uh, so, and he, he, he was diagnosed with uh, fourth stage cancer. So I stayed in Singapore and we stayed, but then the relationship didn't make it then, you know? Um, so we broke up. Um, and funnily enough, we actually and went to the same art school in Singapore and he did film and I did musical theater. Yeah. Is yeah. he still and, in the industry? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. He's married now. Good for him. <laughs> yes. No, I am really happy. I, I love the guy. Like he's, I've known him since I was 15. Are you still in touch with him? Yeah. A kind of like not, um, I mean like when I go back to Singapore, I'll see him. Yeah. It's just cause I've known him since I was 15. Like we grew up together, you know, we Aww. had the same clique and that's a sweet I, story. I still chat with his mom. Like, I mean like WhatsApp, like not, not like phone. I know it's so fucking, it's so weird. It's so weird. It is weird. <laughs> it's totally weird. I'm going to call you out on it. It's super weird. <laughs> but she's so nice though. <laughs> it's so weird. I love it. <laughs> you're like, I just love that. You're like, it's not weird. It's not weird at all. And I'm like, I don't know. No, no, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, no, that's yeah. cute. That's cute. I mean, obviously, if you've known someone since you were 15 years old, then their parent probably ends up being a little bit more of like a familial figure to you. So not as weird. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like... no, no, I'm going to like throw myself under the bus. I only met her when I was in my 20s. Like, I mean, when I when I was dating him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to make that better. Okay. No, I don't. Don't. It just is. It just is. <laughs> I'm sure there's tons of people that don't think that's weird, but uh, I don't know. 
No, it, it is weird. I'm very, I'm like the first one to admit it. And, and by the way, to add, you know, to add salt to this, um, my, my mom and her are really close. See, that's less weird. Because, oh, that's less weird. Yeah, okay. like, I'm like, you're like, well, I don't know. Did she become friends with her after you became friends with her? Uh, I love it. I this love, topic I love is just hijacked the podcast. <laughs> um, is it weird to talk on WhatsApp with your ex's mom? It is. It is. Check in, callers. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I respect the distance. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah, I know, I know it's weird, and I don't want to, you know, infringe on you know his new partner. Uh, but. Um, yeah, she no. My mom, my mom got to know her better when I was dating him. But I think they got actually closer after we broke up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's better. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so, um, so that's great. So, was that your only like serious relationship when you were in Singapore, or were there others? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was the only relation. Oh wait, so I was in Aus- I sorry, I was in Singapore till I was. 16 I then I went to Australia for, oh right 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 yeah for about like six years and I came back to Singapore so I wasn't in Singapore for that long before I moved again to New York um so but it was it is still the the most serious relationship I've ever had what is I'm so curious how now that you've like you've lived in three different countries like how, what how does dating differ? I mean, obviously you were there at a different time in the world. So like in your twenties, we weren't really app dating yet. Right. It's yeah. hard to speak to that, but, um, mm-hmm. if anything, that would make any, everything more universal. Is it, did mm. you find any cultural differences between Singapore and Australia and the U S you know, I'm so sure there is, it's just that I'm very adaptable. So I think like I kind of adapt to that person's like vibe and like not vibe, but I'm very open to different cultures. So I think it's not as obvious to me as if I were, you know, some people just have to date within their community. Um, I, I was just very, uh, I mean, dude, like, so I've dated, <laughs> can sound like, like a world traveler of men. Um, you know, I've dated like a guy from Kiribati. I don't know if you've heard of that island. It's a very tiny island. You found the one man on that <laughs> island and you dated him? They, they only had one phone on that island, apparently. And this is a shitty story, but um, I, I had to break up with him. I had to. I had to break up with him because it's uh, so bad. I went back to Singapore for, because uh, uh, I usually go back to Singapore for a break. And I, I, I met a guy that I was really into. Um, so I didn't want to cheat on him. So I wanted to break up with him, but I couldn't call him because he only had one phone on the island. So I emailed him. Oh, I just picture like a line at the phone and you're like, hey, can you, can I leave the message for so-and-so? <laughs> can you pass this? Like, so email is actually a little better, probably. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I still feel bad about that. But you know what's so funny though? That guy that I dumped him for through email dumped me <laughs> through email. Oh, dude. That's, that's yeah, so the world yeah. turns. You know what I mean? I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was being nice, you know? I mean, I didn't want to be a cheater. I mean, but, at least uh, you communicated. Now, it's better than, like, what we get nowadays, which is just, I'm going to disappear on you, and you'll figure out that I'm no longer interested. Right. Which is... <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, Good luck. Yeah. No, the reason I ask you is just because, you know, there's a lot of 
um, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of boundaries and challenges that come. I think with dating um, in Asian countries and in Asian mm, culture mm, in general. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, just in terms of like a history of arranged marriages and the expectations of dating within your um, community, I guess is the better word. So I, I was just curious if you felt a difference between Singapore and Australia and the shit show that is the United States. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is like, I, so I've never, actually the only Singaporean guy I've dated uh, was that guy that I spoke about. Um, and he is also not typically Singaporean. What is, um, tell me what typically Singaporean yeah. is. So, um, I, 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 I really, it, okay. So I feel like guys generally are a little bit of mummies boys, you know, they, they kind of like are not, um, they like their women demure. <laughs> Shit, girl. <laughs> no wonder you had trouble. Yes. Would you, would you sell me, you know, because I'm so sweet. Yes. Um, you know, and honestly, and, I hate yeah. to say it, but like a total stereotype of like Asian women um, and like dating in Asian cultures as well, that like Asian women will be that way. Mm-mm, yeah, exactly. I think it's definitely, it's going away, but like for a long yeah. time, that was like a very strong cultural stereotype. I mean, like I, I used to play soccer with the boys, you know, I was pretty much like a little bit of a tomboy and um, yeah, and just was not, hey, you know. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I don't think they, they, they weren't attracted to me and I was, I wasn't attracted to them. Um, and, uh, they, I think they expected women to, to not challenge them as much. And again, like, like you said, I'm talking about during that time, right? Cause I'm, I'm so sure things are so different right now back home. People are more woke now. Right. Um, but yeah, during that time it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't. And that's why I never dated when I was in Singapore. I mean, yeah, there's only that one guy. And then in Australia, uh, again, like I dated a, my first boyfriend actually was Japanese. And, in Australia? But yeah, from Japan. Ah, interesting. And, um, and he, I, I mean, I don't know if, again, like it could have been just specific to him. I don't know the culture, so I'm not saying this, this is about the culture. But I know that he definitely liked his women skinny. And I was not skinny. Still am not. Um, and, uh, and he was just like, like a bit of an asshole, I must say. Oh God, I'm like cringing already. Please don't tell me he said shit to you about your weight. Oh no, totes. Like, so we were, we were, um, I remember he grabbed my thighs, right? And he squeezed them and he said, Oh, why are your thighs so big? Why are they not like the girls back home? <laughs> like I flames, know. flames on the side of the face. But then, like, what yeah. the what the hell is that shit? Like, why is he? Presumably, he's with you because he's attracted to you. I'm assuming. <laughs> so he's only saying that he's saying that to like get a rise out of you, or to make you angry, or to change you. I don't. That's so confusing to me. You know, that is a very good question. I sometimes wonder if it's just like. Um, and I, you know, I, again, I hate making stereotypes, but I, I, I mean, uh, perpetuating stereotypes, but sometimes I feel like, um, particular Asian men, um, feel that they have the right to say something because it's true as in to them. Um, and like, I'll give you an example. Um, 
this is a guy i mean oh this is so weird um uh, this guy, he, he liked me, right? Like he was, this is another guy. He's, he's uh, actually Malaysian, Govin, uh, but Chinese Malaysian. Um, and he grabbed, he, he, he uh, pulled the hair on my arm and he said, he said, oh, why are you so hairy? <laughs> I mean, of all the fucking things to pick at, the yeah. hair on your arms is nothing you can control. Yeah. I don't, and he liked me, you know what I mean? Like, I just, and, and this other guy who liked me as well, uh, this is a Chinese guy from Hong Kong, and um, I'm so sorry I'm throwing these guys under the bus, but... No, um, they deserved he, it, it's not like they deserve it. <laughs> uh, he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, your, your thighs are, are, are big because you know why? You used to play soccer, and, uh, and but this guy liked me, man. This guy grabbed my hand, put it on his heart, and said, Gene, can you feel my heart beating? It's beating so fast because I love you. Like, a little bit of a player, but, huh? Yeah. But, but my thighs, you know, are big because I play <laughs> soccer. So a bit of a sweet talker this morning. Men are very confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you were um, destined for New York City, <laughs> shall we say, from the very yeah. beginning. So you need those strong thighs so you can run up the subway <laughs> stairs and catch the damn train. Yes. I'll stop the doors from closing because my thighs are so fucking huge. Damn right you will. <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th I think that is, it can be really challenging. Just like all of the little tiny nuances that set up who we are, our culture, our parents, our environment, our country that we grow up in, um, what we watch on TV, how people speak to us. Who, that we're attracted to, like all these little pieces um, line up your expectations of dating and of yourself. You know, they, you, you, they start to be this like really uncomfortable mirror, I think, of like, and women are really bad at this. We start to question um, ourselves. And so like, oh my, I wonder if they're right. Or like, I wonder if mm. I am single because I am picky. Or I, I wonder if, you know, that really, should, I think this all the time, I had a really kind of what I can now call, uh, traumatic is, dr is a dramatic word, but like, mm, let's just say it for fun. Uh, <laughs> sort of a <laughs> traumatic situation. I'm this, made a one woman show about it so it's not news or a secret to anybody um relationship that happened between 18 and 20 and for a very long time I thought that relationship broke me like messed me up to the point that guys would not like me like I that oh, was a truth that I had told myself um and that's where who even told me to believe that in the first place like that's a really broken line of thinking mm. But I don't know. Do you have any experience with that? I know you mentioned briefly to me you were talking about uh, or you were curious about how your parents' relationship influenced your perspective on dating. Mm -mm, yeah. Um, so that's separate to what you just said, though, right? Because that's in relation to the guys you're dating. Yeah, and how yeah. They no, I was just talking dating? about how, like, okay. all these little elements about how, mm. like, how we grow up, like the people right. that are around us, the models, role models that we have, the country, the culture, the way yeah. people speak to us, they all sort of filter into creating, you know, these <laughs> beautiful broken women in their 40s <laughs> beautiful and broken at the same time uh we are we are strong in our brokenness yes. um 
Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was just thinking about yeah. like like how that might have influenced how you perceive yourself as a single person and also how you approach dating. I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's so much dating. Yeah, no, no, dating for sure. Yeah, well, firstly, my parents had really bad communication, right? Um, if he's mad, he would just, uh, he would just blow up. So he, there wasn't this process of, hey, this is how I'm feeling, and this is, you know, so it, it bottles, 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 and then he'll yell. And then my mom wouldn't really, like, um, respond to that, you know, and, and so there was no fight. There was no fighting in the house because it was always, like, you know, this silence, right? The blow up and silence. And that really affected me uh, in my relationships, uh, like, the way I handled my relationships. So I wouldn't know how to process my my emotions, I wouldn't know how to express when I'm upset, um, so I shut down. And, and interestingly enough, um, not surprising, I was also then quite attracted to men that weren't very expressive because I was comfortable with that, right? I mean, it wasn't great. I did not like that about my dad, you know, um, but, um, but, and it's that sick kind of like, like connection to to what you know, even though it's not something that you like, but comfortable with. And so, and then I would get very upset in these relationships. I'd be like, why aren't you expressing, you know, like, like, and I'm, I'll try to get them to, to, to tell me how they feel or they, um, and they just wouldn't. Uh, and, but then I was choosing these kind of guys uh, as well. So it's like, and I, I don't think I was very aware of it till later on in life. Uh, when I say later on in life, I mean like say my later twenties, maybe maybe even yeah later later in my twenties. Um, and in fact, like the last I, again, like going back to that one guy, um, he that that I almost married, like he was actually uh, the most expressive um, guy that I had dated uh, since then. I'm not since then. I mean, as in. When I dated him, he was the most expressive guy. I don't think that's unusual that um, that story, the idea that like you as a as you start to put together your ideas on what you're attracted to, start to use the traits that you have in your father, I guess if you're straight, I don't really know how that works if you're not straight, but this is the theory that like and that you theoretically look to choose a partner or are attracted to a partner that has the same qualities that your father had. So, but I, I think there's, there's some truth in that. Like, um, my dad is the kind of person who he's like a Mr. Fix it. Like there is something I literally like my radio broke once when I was a teenager and I was like, you know, most fathers would probably just buy someone a new one and my dad was like I'll fix it um like that was who he was in the house and like to this day if I meet a guy and he's handy and um he can he's good with his hands and he can fix stuff and he's willing to fix stuff like I find that extremely sexy and it's not lost on me that I think that is a valuable trait because not just my father but like my family does that like the guys in my family build things you know so that's like that's a real thing I want to, don't, um, well, if you don't like this, we can always, you know, take, take it out later. But I just want to sure. read, the, you wrote this to me and you said, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, shit, oh, in no. an email. Okay. You said, I think the thing I struggle with most is believing that I can have a healthy relationship. My parents' relationship screwed up my belief that I can find love. Yes. 
Do you still believe that? Um, I wrote this to you last week. So. Were, you, were, you, were you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so put it this way. One of my biggest fears um, of when I you know, do find someone and I, and I really like them is that they would um, uh, eventually lose interest. Because like what happened with my parents was, and it wasn't that they lost, my dad lost interest, it's that my dad shut down. And so stopped communicating with my mom pretty much, you know, and uh, so and for a very long time, too. Uh, so I was just in that environment of I mean, it was it felt like I was living in a divorced home. That was how uh, I guess bad it was, you know, and um, so I always have this fear that the guy that I'm with would shut down, not communicate, you know, like, because it's something out of my control, right? Because I know that I'm, at this point, I'm definitely more open with my emotions. I, I can process things. I analyze things. I'm very, I'm very sensitive to, you know, maybe sometimes too sensitive to things going around me. But I don't have control over that guy shutting down if he wanted to shut down. And I think that scares the shit out of me because, you know, I can work on myself. But what if, you know, you never know, right? Because you, you date somebody and everything might be great. And then suddenly they, they hit a point in their lives where maybe it's a saw, you know, sore spot for them. And then they don't, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it. And then, and then they shut down and you're like, that's it. But I think, I think all of us deal with that regardless of the role model you have of, of what your parents been through. I mean, certainly that influences a lot, but considering how many of our generation have divorced parents, um, you know, I don't think people, it's, it's not necessarily a truth that my parents were divorced, therefore I probably will end up divorced. But right, yeah. I think the, the, and I get this way too. I'm just sort of an over-communicative, obviously. Um, and, and I'm in, I have an anxious attachment system. And, um, when I, I'm constantly waiting for the bottom to drop out. Like I'm one of those people that like, if I haven't heard back from somebody in three days, if I haven't had heard back in a week, like something's wrong, it's over, he's done. And I'm dealing with that story, that limiting belief in my own life, because I'm finding, um, well, that may be true for a lot of guys. To, like, it's a coping method. <laughs> so just like, nah, my own, like I said, just sort of stop talking and she'll figure it out. I, th- <laughs> I think it's just like women in general are hyper analytical. We know high, oh, like more emotional than men and also more com- communicative than men. And also just the way we've been socialized has been is to be more open with our feelings and talk mm. about them. And, you know, we'll, Gogan can speak to this in a second, but I really think the way that boys were socialized was that emotion is, is a weakness. And so instead of showing it, you just hold on to it. Like silence is stronger than yelling. Silence is stronger than tears. It's just, it's like a composure that's expected. Um, but so I think that's sort of, I have that fear is basically that what I'm trying to say. And I think a lot of women have that fear too, of just like, everything's going great until one day it's not. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck do I do? Right, you know, that's right. like a constant yeah. wheel in my head. Because now I'm like, well, if I reach out, I'm over communicating again. And they'll push him away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know. <laughs> like I said, yeah. beautiful and broken. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do want to check in with Gobin just because I feel like that was a natural transition point just to see what he thinks. But wait, before we do that, I really need to ask you about this story that you told me. Oh, no. No, I don't know this story. You were just like, I have a horror story for you. And it just says, double date with my mom and a dude's mom. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so... Wow. Okay. Um, so one day, so my mom's, uh, been telling me that she wants me to meet this industry person. Right. And, uh, so, so wait, wait, is this in New York? No, no, this is in Singapore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she wants me to meet this person in industry and, um, it's kind of her way of getting me back home to Singapore as well. And so I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Let's do this. Now, so now I'm getting ready to go for dinner and I'm thinking that we're, I mean, sorry, so she's brought this up like a while ago, right? So when I'm getting ready to go for dinner, you know, uh, the next week, I'm thinking I'm going to meet this industry person. And then she goes, uh, yeah, yeah, um, that we, got, we got to leave now. If not, um, uh, they will be waiting for us. So I was like, what do you mean by they? <laughs> Like, I thought we were just meeting one person. And she was like, oh. And it turned out, oh, man, I'm so mad at my mom. Because this is not the first time she set me up, by the way. This is the third time. Third time with my mom, by the way. Wait, she's been present at every single one? (laughs) Yeah, we can go through them if you want. And you can delete whatever you want to. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was so sad. I'll just give you a quick summary. The first time... It was with uh, oh God, a neighbor in my building, and she uh, she was a science teacher, and uh, her son, oh God, and again it goes back to the whole mommy's boy thing. Uh, he was oh my God, he was like I don't know how much older he was because I was young. I was like maybe sixteen at that time, and maybe he was seventeen or eighteen, but he like needed his mom to do everything for him. It was. It was really, really unattractive. And then suddenly we're on this double date. Wait, who was, wait, wait, who was the person, who was the double? Like it's you and the kid and then your mom and then. His mom, you know, cause that's the way my mom does it. Right? Oh my God. Like... I thought your mom was on a date oh, and um... you were like a double date. You know what I mean? Oh, oh like my mom was on our date with her. Yes. Like, uh, oh, no, I think this is worse, right? Yeah, because you just had, like, and... two chaperones, basically. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it was okay when I was 16, I guess. I mean, I was mad when I was 16. I was really mad because I was really not into this guy. We went to Planet Hollywood, I remember that, and I did not have a good time because this boy was such a pussy. And then, so that's the first one. Second one, um, we went to, again, uh, we went to this... Uh, this one, at least she wasn't in the same. <laughs> we went to somebody's house, but luckily they had an outhouse. So I was in the outhouse with the guy. Wait, <laughs> not, outhouse, outhouse, not, not outhouse. Yes, please no, tell they, me you mean something else. Sorry, sorry, not outhouse. Uh, uh, an extra uh, house, like, I guess. Like right? guest I house, okay. Guest house, thank you. Because outhouse is a bathroom, right? Yes, is it, it is. Yes, okay, like, okay. like from the 19th century. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, English not my first language. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing in an outhouse? 
<laughs> Sorry, just getting weird. <laughs> yes, continue. You're in the guest house. Guest house, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that was a terrible, terrible day because I didn't, I didn't want to be there, but he also didn't want to be there. But he made it very clear to me that he really didn't want to be there and that he only dated models and made me feel really shitty about myself. Oh my god, what is with these men? It was, I, dude, I don't know, man, because he was so weird. Like he was just like, oh. Um, uh, I date models. I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, supermodels. And I was like, oh, I know, dude. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> Not like, regular models, supermodels. <laughs> I know. Oh man. And I wonder why I'm single. Um, so, so obviously that didn't work out. And then, so the third date now, and now I'm in my thirties. So I actually literally had, so one in my teens, one in my twenties, and one in my thirties. Every 30s. decade, she's like, I got to help this girl out. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm mad now because she knows those last two times I yelled at her I was like don't you ever do that to me again <laughs> um but somehow uh it happened again and so um I I get there and the guy's just wait, wait what there. does she tell you is she like hey let's go get coffee you and me and then just is like surprise no, no, it was dinner with her friend, but I thought it was the industry friend because she didn't tell me about this. Oh, right, right, okay. You know, so I was like, I, I was like, yeah, okay, we're going to meet the industry friend, sure, you know, and then suddenly it was a them, and then suddenly it was this guy. And, um, and it's just awkward because now we're sitting at the same table. So was, it was the guy that she wanted to set you up with, was there someone else? Yes, his mom. Because that's how they do, right? That's how my mom. You got does double it. chaperoned in your thirties, <laughs> uh, and that wasn't the lowest point in my life. So you can only imagine how sad my life has been. I mean, listen, like, I, I, I'm totally into like, hey, I know a friend, like, if you know, but be open and honest about it. The whole like, surprise, you're on a date, like, n not okay. Like, yep. if she was like, hey, I have this wonderful person, he's single, he's really intelligent, he works in your industry, would you like to meet him? I happen to mm. be getting dinner with him tonight, and you can make a choice, but, like, this whole, <laughs> this whole like, ambushing of, like, like <laughs> telling you that you're doing something else, and then, like, you get there, and, and I just picture, like, your mom and his mom just sitting there, like, staring at you, like, waiting for something to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was just, I was so angry. I was just I, like... Anybody would yeah. be angry. That's infuriating. And it's infantilizing too, because you're no longer 16. And you could be told the truth and make your own decision. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. there, mom, if you're listening, that's Jeanette's idea. It's so, I think she's listening because she just texted me, actually. So <laughs> How's the podcast going? <laughs> Are you dating Govin yet? <laughs> Govin, are you there? Yes, oh, I am. There we go. I am. I am. <laughs> I am. Um, look, uh, I thought I'd start, Jeanette, um, by basically saying a bit of history. Um, so Malaya, Malaya uh, got its independence from the British in 1957. Um, at that time, Singapore was still an outpost um, uh, island on the south of the Malaysian border or the Malayan border. And then in 1965... Uh, basically, Singapore decided, you know, it was always a Malayan island, but the British did not want to give it up. And then Singapore, basically, to achieve its independence, 
decided to be officially part of Malaysia again, Malaya again. And then in 65, it became Malaysia. So Singapore was a part of Malaysia. And in four years, in 1969, Malaysia went, fuck this, get the fuck out. <laughs> and Singapore became its own country. So the thing is, I, you know, sorry, Gene, but I think Singaporean guys are just a bit weird to begin with. It's the same reason why <laughs> we kicked them out. Because of their history? <laughs> That's like, and I'm, I'm really sorry that you know all your examples or most of your examples are with these idiots from Singapore. I love that uh, that was set up by like a, a like a beautiful and thank you for including that. But like this history lesson of the country, and you're like, oh, in conclusion, the guys are assholes there. <laughs> yeah, it's just because Singaporean guys have no idea what they want. Well, they think they want supermodels. You know, not just any models, just supermodels. Super but, models. you know, they have no means or ways to achieve that. And then they just, you know, anyway. So, um, and my mom's Singaporean. So, you know, and that's the reason why she married a Malaysian guy. So, you know. Well, <laughs> my mom, you know. my mom's Malaysian. She married a Singaporean guy. Yeah. And, you know, see what happened. Hey. <laughs> There's some shade being thrown around. <laughs> the hashtag single. And, and, yeah, anyways, you know, it was um, it was great listening in. Just a bit about myself, I guess. Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously Malaysian and I, 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 I've lived, uh, I mean, I live in Melbourne. I'm just in Kuala Lumpur at the moment because of COVID and I'm kind of stuck. So I live between Melbourne and Kuala Lumpur. So I've kind of got a very similar sort of, and I've, and I've spent quite a lot of time in New York over the last few years. So, you know, I've kind of got... Uh, you know, kind of a weird similarity in terms of places stayed with sort of gene. Um, and, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, and culturally things have a lot of differences. Dating uh, is very different in this sort of three regions, uh, but also, you know, also quite similar. Like at the end of the day, it's just two people who want to hang out. So what do you guys want to know about? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Did you... I mean, the things we talked about, Gene and I, we talked about how your parents might, uh, your parents' relationship might influence your expectations for dating growing up. And then just the mm -hmm. differences uh, potentially in dating in an Asian culture versus, let's just say, the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. And also just curious about if you feel that statement that I made was true about how men um, or boys are socialized um, less now, but certainly when we were growing up, like socialized to that, that showing emotion is a weakness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Any thoughts on any of those things? The differences, I think, in dating culture, the major differences uh, is essentially just the approach. Like deep down inside, you know, at the end of the day, everybody just wants to kind of end up with someone they can kind of hang out with and, you know, do stuff with, you know, and if they can figure that out. Um, but it's just approaches are very different. Like how you ask a girl out in Malaysia is very different to how you ask a girl out in Australia. And, Tell me, you know, how, do you, how do you ask a girl out in Malaysia? Tell me. It's a very long process, um, you know. <laughs> give me the clips notes. <laughs> All right. Well, well. So basically, I'll give you. I'll give you. I give you know. This is what we used to do. It's a typical Malaysian guy thing to do. You know, you go to a club on a Friday night, and you see this really good-looking girl um, across the sort of bar, and you kind of smile, and you know, she sort of smiles at you, and you're like, yeah, and then you go home, and then next Friday you come back to the club, and you hope she's there again. 
and you know and then and then you know she's there and then there's the smile again and then you walk up and you go can i get you a drink and then they go yeah and then you get the drink and you know and you go all right yeah and then you go home and then the following weekend you come she's not there and you come back again and oh she's there again and then you get the number and then you do the coffee and then like three months later you go out for a movie Oh my god. And so it's this really, you know, sort of drawn out thing, you know, and and you know, and and that's why it's really in you know, and 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 that's what guys do and that's why, you know, it's so it's so very common for white guys to come to Asia and just pick up straight away because they just go, you know, straight away they go for the kill and all these guys are going, how the fuck did that happen? You know, I was, <laughs> it's just last Friday like fuck, it's only been 3 weeks. How did this white guy get in? You know, and and I think and I think that's the same case in sort of Singapore but the, you know the approach is uh sort of different and you know that's why you know Malaysian guys are a lot you know sh- you know very shy you know that sort of thing and 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 eventually you know like when you know, I was a shit when I was in my you know teens and in my 20s but now the kind of slow kind of not too forward approach you know now it paved evidence like no he's you know he's such a great talker you know oh, he you know like oh why can't guys be like him you know just you know, and so it, it's it's very different. It, you know, it's different stages, different things. Like you know, uh, you know, and the idea of being forward has never really kind of been been a Malaysian thing because you know it's a bit gross. I think. Um, is there yeah, is so, there app culture in Malaysia? Yeah, and yes, of course, and you know, and um, and I guess you know. So I'm I'm currently writing a a play called The Fail Romances, and um, you know, it's basically about all my tragic dating stories but you know kind of glorious ways but um and and, and so to, to you know and i and i i'd never been on any apps before i uh, started doing this project and i thought oh and there's this one period of time when i where, where i was going to be in nine countries over the span of three months and i thought i'm going to get on every dating app and i'm going to have three simple rules in these apps across the platforms right and I thought the, the rules were very simple. Um, I'd have one picture um, and one caption, and that was it. And um, I would not ask a girl for their phone number. Uh, I would not ask them out unless, you know, they did either of those first. And if they asked me what I was on the app for, I'd say research. So that was my rules. Those were the ground rules, right? And I, and in that, in that span, I was in Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, uh, Sydney, Adelaide, Melbourne, Copenhagen, London, uh, Doha, New York, and Chicago, 10 cities. Um, um, and it was all for work. And the differences on how people use these apps um, in the different cities were insane, like insanely different. Like, you know, the questions I got asked in New York were very different to the questions I got asked in Malaysia. So for example, in Malaysia, every girl on the app basically has a caveat um, on her profile saying, I'm just looking for friendship. But they put it they, they put it there because of you know the stigma the fear around of being judgment. on a dating app. Exactly. You know, you know, every everybody, you know, and they do that. And in Singapore, where women outnumber men four to one every you know people wanted to meet within the first five messages like when can we meet because i don't want to waste my time 
Oh, wow. it's, like a, it's like a business thing. In New York, the one picture thing didn't work at all because it was like, yeah, I don't know this guy, this could be fake, whatever, because they're much more... <laughs> we're cynical. You know, yeah, we're, we're cynical yeah, yeah, yeah. and skeptical, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and guess where? If you can guess in all the 10 cities that I've mentioned, the place that I got the most amount of matches to the time I spent there, and I'll give you, I was there for 37 hours, and I got 19 matches and like 10 invites for a drink. And I'll go through the cities again, yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I so don't Kuala... remember where you were. <laughs> yeah, so Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Singapore, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, Australia, Copenhagen, Denmark, London, United Kingdom, Chicago, New York, and Doha in Qatar. Denmark. Nope. Uh, I was going to say London. Nope. Fucking Doha. Doha? In Fuck. Yeah. Do Doha in, <laughs> in, you know. So then this was like, because that's when I realized one thing, and this is something which a lot of people don't realize. Doha or any of those Arab countries, um, and this were, you know, because there are lots of foreigners who live there, but it's a place where you live that nobody else knows who you are. So again, dating without stigma, people are just a lot more forward. Whereas a lot of the time, people have always gone, oh, you know, what would people think if I go out with this guy? Or, you know, what would people assume if I've seen hanging out with this person? Because, and especially in Asia, it's about saving face. It's about, oh, you know, you're given this idea of who you should date, can date, must date, should, you know, and then if you like anybody before that, or, you know, that's not part of that makeup. Every, you know, it's kind of really, you know, like you start thinking about what everybody else would think. And I think that's the biggest problem in sort of Asian cultures, because we actually really care what other people think, you know? Um, and, and that's the thing. And I was just going to say about the Japanese guy, Gene. <laughs> I mean, you never, you never told me this story before. But, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't doubt the guy is attracted to you, but he's never been attracted or he's never thought he'd like big thighs. So he's, you know, like it's, <laughs> why you, you know, like I, I'm not supposed to like this, but I'm liking it. What's, what's wrong? Why, why? You know, it's like eating sushi, right? You go like, this is raw, but why is it so good? I was told that you can't eat raw fish. Why, you know, and, and, and just not knowing how to express yourself because, you know, men are pretty simple. Um, and, and, to, and to touch on the, the parent thing, I think, I think it, 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 it's really true um, in a sense that, you know, and from a male perspective, I think, you know, how men treat women is how their fathers have treated their mothers. And this is generalization, but I think that's the fact. And, you know, and, and essentially, if the relationship was good and is still good, as in, you know, then men start looking for that you know, men start looking for women like their mother because they went like, that's what an, a relationship is. You've seen this in all the kind of, you know, sort of Italian mafia movies or whatever, like The Godfather, where that's, that's the mother that my of my children. I love that my reference is Freud and your reference is like <laughs> Italian mafia movies. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Because like, you know, know, that's the I mother know, of my... That's the, yeah, but it's true, you know, you know like th that's the mother of my children, you know, because that idea of who I want... so. You know, I, I, you know, like, like a girl can tell in 10 seconds if she wants to sleep with a guy or not. Like, you know, if you're attracted, you go, yeah, I'll, you know, I'd fuck him. A guy can tell in 10 seconds if he wants to marry a girl or not. 
like a guy can go like, yeah, that girl looks like, yeah, that, that's someone I can marry, but we'll sleep with anyone. You know, that doesn't, you know, but so, so there is that thing where, you know, like I think men, you know, have this expectation of like what the perfect one is. The thing about men is we really don't know what we want, but we know what we don't want anymore. So as we get older, we say it's like a, you know, like Sherlock Holmes, where you just, it's this theory of deduction. You, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And, you know, and, 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 and it's a thing. And, and the biggest problem or why we're seeing such a high rate of people breaking up or this, you know, because nowadays I think the biggest problem with why um, people kind of, you know, break up or this, you know, it's because we're presented with options. Like every day you just go like, well, I like this person, but that person, you know, you know, and, 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 and men are shit at options, you know, like no man has ever made a good decision at a buffet, you know? <laughs> But wait, yeah, I, have like, a, I, I have a really important question to ask you. Sure, sure. Did your mom ever ambush you on a date and set you up with someone that you didn't realize you were being set up with? No, um, but she tried, you know, look, I'm, I'm an Indian straight heterosexual Indian guy in my late 30s. I try, you know, everybody's setting me up all the time to, you know, continue the family name and all this sort of nonsense, right? <laughs> so, you know, and just talk about the patriarchy. But anyway, and, and the, the thing is, it's the women in my family that are so interested in me settling down or whatever, not. And, and um, but anyway, so this, um, there's a big sort of, so in classical Indian dance, uh, Jane might know this, um, think the classical dance called the Bharatanatyam, where, you know, it's predominantly uh, women who do it. And the graduation ceremony, and traditionally in, in the old times, the graduation ceremonies when, you know, they invite the entire village of the town to come and see this beautiful girl dance and, you know, pick her suitors or whatever you want to call. So technically it's like a one giant TED talk for kind of picking a dude to get married. You know, it's like, this is my thing. Who wants to marry me? Right. Um, and, and so parents spend a girls go for this like ballet. So they go from, you know, five or six right up until, and they graduate like when they're 25 or something you know, depending on how fast they learn. So anyways, it's a big thing in the Indian community to go for these arangatrams, they call it. And uh, when you go to these things and then you go like, yeah, yeah, oh my God, this girl is so pretty. She can dance, you know, perfect wife. Um, and my mom, uh, whose friend uh, basically in, told her, like, you know, invite Govin for the arangatram. Like, you know, I think, I think him and this girl would get on really well. And, you know, and, and my mom basically was like, oh, keep next Thursday night free. I'm taking you out. And I'm like, I was like, oh, what's happening? I said, no, no, just no questions. Just come. And this, I was like, I think in my late twenties and in sort of my, you know, sort of my big fuck phase at that time, I was just like, yeah, I was just really enjoying sleeping with different people and, you know, no, you know, and kind of doing that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, okay. So sure. And so, and um, my mom, you know, we go and I, and you know, of course, I go like, oh, why am I here? No, you're you're an artist. This she's an artist, you know. I think. Then I realized halfway through the thing that oh my god, this is what my mom's doing. My mom's whoring me out to this thing, and you know, <laughs> and um, you know, and of course, at the end, I did the you know the good son thing. I met the auntie. I met the girl. Oh, you know, amazing. Da 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 da. Whatever. You know, I was very pleasant and this and then you know. 
you know, she said, oh, she's going off to the UK to finish off her master's, but you guys should catch up. I said, oh, I'd love to catch up, love to catch up, you know. And she was, you know, and to be honest, she was quite beautiful and, you know, she's quite, you know, like uh, like I would have normally caught up with her without the, you know, the charade or the, the big sort of fancy things. And then, and then my mom said, okay, so make sure you call her. I said, okay. Uh, I said, I'm going to break it down. And, uh, she said, oh, what? I said, I will call her. Then we'll go on two or three dates, and then I'll fuck her. I will have sex. No, you did not say that to your mom. I said, and then I'll say I'll fuck her, and then I'll call, and then and then I won't call her, and then you have to deal with the fact that her mother is calling you, going, "What did your son do to my daughter? <laughs> oh, you know, how can you do this? If you're okay with that, I'll call her. How? Can cannot? From then on, my mom's never set me up with anyone. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Oh my god, I wish you could see my face right now. <laughs> Yeah, because I say, I mean, not that I was going to do that, but I just put the fear of God in her because at the end of the day, she doesn't want to be the mom that everyone's going, your son is a predator. Your son, I can't believe your son did that to her daughter. Like, you know, keep your son away. So my mom, so my mom has just stopped. You know, I, I've never been asked to go to any of these things again. So but, in, summary, um, in summary, Jean, you just have to tell your mom that you're only going to go out with these guys so you could take them home and fuck them. And then... It'll destroy her relationship with her friend or whatever. And we'll see what happens. Okay, okay. I'll do what, you know, when I'm in my 40s, so we'll do that. I'm giving and, you four uh, years <laughs> to tell your mom that. No. This, you guys, the, there, I feel like we could have this conversation. Like, if we were really at a bar, we would just be stay there for three more hours mm. and get drunker and drunker. But um, uh, I feel like we have so much more to talk about and we could talk about this forever but um i just want to kind of take this moment to thank you for everything that you've um shared with me your stories your vulnerabilities your history lessons <laughs> um and um uh really brought some enlightenment and illumination to uh this really interesting conversation i've never really had before so thank you guys so much yeah of course this is really fun here's what i want to do because i can't i can't i reach out and i can't give you like an in-person hug Mm -hmm. i want to close out this episode with some words that your strong self wrote to me but i want to read them back to you as your future self so that you recognize the beauty in them my whole life I always thought I was too old. I recognize it's a mindset within me that needs to change. I'm focusing on loving and appreciating who I am, flaws and all. I did the best I could with the strength that I had, and I need to know that that's enough. And I feel like this pandemic has forced me to face these insecurities and unravel the unworthiness that lodged itself in me as a kid. When my mom used to say, don't go out into the sun or you'll get dark, or why can't you be like her? Disclaimer to everybody listening, Jean's mom has transformed a lot and she's not the same person anymore, so don't freak out. (laughs) But you said this to me and I want to echo it back to you. I hope that this year, instead of seeing what you haven't accomplished, you recognize and give love to those struggles you overcame. The fear that you shot in the head and then went for it anyway, and your vulnerability to pursuing a career that is challenging for the soul and the heart. I think that is the biggest that we can ever hope for ourselves um, to just continue to grow in the journey, to be gentle with ourselves, to forgive ourselves for not achieving what, what someone else told us that we would achieve. So I hope you hear the, the strength and the beauty and the wisdom in those words that you wrote. Aww. 
Thank you. I, I totally forgot that I wrote that. Yeah, I figured so as much. You. I figured as much. I was like, this is this is wonderful, and she probably just needs to hear it being said to her out loud. So I hope you take that with you. Thank you. I will. Thank you. Um, Govin, thank you so much for, um, for being here, for saying yes to a random podcast across the world. <laughs> I so appreciate your yes and mentality. Ah, yeah, it, was a, it was such a pleasure, you know, um, and, and you know, hopefully whatever I said made a bit of sense. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure, no, I'm kidding. Of course it, it made did. sense. It was great. And it was great to have your opinion too. So thank you both so much. Um, that's it for this episode of Hashtag Single, you guys. If, um, if you're on Instagram, and who isn't, let's be honest, um, we just started a new account uh, at Hashtag Single Pod. We're sharing some old content for some of our most popular episodes and um, just some, some fun universal singleisms about uh, this experience that we're all having in uh, today's culture. So I hope we'll see you over there. Um, That's it for today. We will catch you next time.